Hey, New York, it's time for New York Sports Talk the way it ought to be. It's the Big Apple Sports Podcast, starring Peter Weintraub and Evan Freeman. Welcome, everybody, to the Big Apple Sports Podcast. I'm Evan Freeman. And I'm Pete Weintraub. It's been a little while since we've been here. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. And we tried to do this for you yesterday through a live stream. I went ahead and I downloaded this fucking terrible software program called OBS. And while it got the video well, it didn't get any of the audio. So I figured out that what I need to do to get my audio, but we couldn't figure out how to get Evan's audio. Since and that's the important audio. Obviously, everyone just wants to hear what I have to say. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Smoke <laughs> my weed. So we're back, and we'll be talking New York sports every day, Monday through Saturday. We're going to take Sunday off, just like the good Lord would have done. So, Even though we're both Jewish. Yeah, and I'm not religious at all. I don't think you are either. Right. That's a completely different podcast. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we're going to start off with the New York Jets a couple of days ago on Monday. Head coach Todd Bowles anointed Josh McCown, the starting quarterback of the New York Jets, to start the season. Bryce Petty is number two. And last but not least, Christian Hackenberg, third on the depth chart. Evan, your thoughts on the order and how you think that's going to play out for them? Well, I mean, the order is really, they had to set up the only way they could. You have a lot of young guys on this team, especially on the offense, that you need to evaluate. Guys like Robbie Anderson, Jalen Marshall. Um, well, I was going to say Quincy and Nunwa, but he's out for the year. Yeah. Um, and you need a competent quarterback to help evaluate those guys. You can't have a guy who can't hit the broad side of a barn throwing the football or doesn't know how to run the offense. Um, you know, if you need to set up the whole team. And the big problem with Hackenberg was that he couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of that's him. Part of that is the coaching staff and the organization not being able to develop a guy at all over the course of a year. Listen, this guy looks like he literally just got drafted yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's bad. You know, Petty, Petty looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the big problem is that Petty's always hurt. Yeah. And if you can't rely on him to be healthy, then you can't make him your starter. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And like you said, I, I think Petty has shown signs, even showed signs last offseason, uh, preseason, and unfortunately didn't play so well during the regular season up until he got hurt. But um, the Jets in their last preseason game against the Giants down 26 at the half, and Petty led them back. They lost by one. Petty got hurt before the end of the game with an MCL injury. They think he's going to be fine, and he's even going to be able to suit up and play tomorrow in their final preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think this is the right decision. If I'm the head coach and those are my three options, I'm sorry. I got to go with Josh McCown. Is he the greatest quarterback? No. I think he's an upgrade over Ryan Fitzpatrick. Even when Ryan Fitzpatrick first entered the team, I think McCown is a better option than that. And, you know, I agree. I I think you made an assessment. It might've been yesterday that we're not going to know what we have in these receivers like Robbie Anderson. He, He could be a guy who could be poised to break out, but He's not going to break out if Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg are throwing in the ball. And just to talk about how anemic Christian Hackenberg was, he had the most passing attempts in the preseason thus far. He's thrown 52 times. Now, he had a 61.5% completion percentage, but he only averaged five yards an attempt. Yeah, that was all checkdowns. That wasn't more than five, ten yards downfield. Right. And he was sacked six times. And 
you can go ahead and you could say, well, they don't have the best offensive line. A lot of journeymen and young players. Yeah, but he also fumbled the ball like every time anyone got near him. <laughs> right. And, and he lost 37 yards on the sacks. And you know, there was a 20-yard loss at some point in there. And he's thrown two picks. Uh, otherwise, you're looking at the ratings from Petty and McCown. Petty completing 67% of his passes, three touchdowns, one interception. I get it. As against second and third stringers, but he showed a lot of poison. You're down 26. It doesn't matter if it's a preseason game, uh, a regular season game, a playoff game, or even a pickup game. When you're down by that much at the half, you're getting your asses beaten in. And the fact that they were able to make it interesting down the stretch against a giant team that's pretty deep defensively, even looking at some of the guys that are fringe players who may or may not make the roster, I thought that was pretty good. But obviously, yeah, Josh McCown's the right bet. If they want to have any hope of winning any games this year, McCown's going to be on their head. And obviously, he's going to be yeah, on a short... Do we really want them winning any games this year? <laughs> no, we don't. But, um, and I think we're go- they're going to surprise people early on because in their first, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games... They have three winnable games against the Bills, who have completely traded away everyone. They have a game against the Jaguars and Browns back-to-back weeks. They could actually potentially win two in a row. But then they face the Patriots and the Dolphins and the Falcons, and it's all downhill from there. The only weak team they play the rest of the season, and by weak I mean really weak, are the Bills and maybe the Chargers at the end of the season. But we're looking at a team, Evan, who I think they're not going to win more than four or five games, and even that might be pushing it. No, I'd be shocked if they won five games. I'm, I'm saying three or less. Yeah. They just don't – there's nothing on the offensive side of the ball. And as yeah. good as you think this defense is, there's a lot of young guys. There's no shutdown corner. So they're going to be giving up 14 to 21 points a game probably. Mm-hmm. And this Jets offense is not scoring 14 to 21 points. Yeah, and I think – A lot of losses. Yeah, I think the giant game where they drop 31 is an aberration because, again, that's a lot of second, second and third stringers. Um or, and guys who may not even make the roster out there. And in a regular season game, a lot of those players aren't even ever going to see the field. Or if they do, it's going to be on special teams, so it's like kickoffs and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, Evan. Looking at their schedule, I think if you're optimistic, they have five wins. And that's assuming that they can beat the teams that are at a comparable level. But they play a lot of good teams this year, and they have, I don't think they have a prayer in hell of beating them. No, they're playing the AFC West. You know, the AFC West is arguably the best division of football. Mm-hmm. You know, the Broncos still have an, an excellent defense. Mm-hmm. Chiefs, they have an excellent offense and an excellent defense. Raiders, same thing. Excellent offense, excellent defense. Mm-hmm. Even the Chargers and the Chargers taking a step back, but they still have Phillip Rivers. It's going to be a rough season. Those are good. Those are four basically guaranteed losses right there. Yeah. So that's two to the Patriots, mm-hmm. two to the Dolphins. That's eight losses already. And we're not even talking about Falcons. They'll probably drop one to the Bills. You know, it's <laughs> the Falcons it's, are probably going to drop seventy on them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna it's gonna be a rough season. Yeah, it, it but, is. you know the biggest the bigger issue that comes down to then is all right. Can we see what who we can evaluate? Which is why you're starting Josh McCown. And then even if they get the first pick in the draft, are they going to be able to develop this guy? There's mm-hmm. no offensive line. You have Matt Forte, who's probably in one of his last two years in the NFL. And this, like I said, my article on Hub Pages, which can be found on our Facebook page, the link, that the Jets have a history of not being able to develop young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They don't have the personnel in place. They don't know how to get the personnel in place because it's been through several GMs, several head coaches, a million offensive coordinators, and no one's been able to develop young talent. Yeah. Listen, Mark Sanchez had the tools to be an NFL quarterback. 
Oh yeah. They completely jacked that up. You know, he got some responsibility for that, but they completely jacked that up. Um, Geno Smith, I honestly think is garbage, but everyone marvels at his arm. Couldn't do anything with him. You know, Bryce Petty, he's looking like he's improving a little bit, but really he's not a franchise quarterback. Christian Hackenberg looks like he did nothing last year. Nothing. I don't understand how as an organization for over the last 10 years, 10 to 20 years, the only young quarterback that you've ever been able to develop is Chad Pennington. Yeah. And he was a serviceable quarterback. He yeah. wasn't a franchise quarterback. Yeah. He's a fan favorite. I love Chad Pennington. Yeah. If you told me tomorrow we could have Chad Pennington back and what, the way he was in his prime, guaranteed oh, I'd, yeah. I'd sign off for that right now. Yeah. But you're not Absolutely. getting that. No. And he, listen, he didn't, he didn't win us anything. He went to the playoffs twice. Mm-hmm. That's it. So even Chad Pennington wasn't this all-star quarterback. So the Jets really have to look at who's in charge. The president of the team needs to reevaluate how he hires people because there are guys out there like Andy Reid and Bruce Arians who have a history of developing quarterbacks. And yeah, it might take a ton of money to pry someone like that away from somewhere. But if you want to be competitive and you want to go for it all for a Super Bowl, you got to go get that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I'm at a loss for words on that. I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything with the current regime. I don't know what regime would. They, they need a, a quarterback whisperer, someone like you know uh, Andy Reid or Bruce Arians, but we don't have that. We, we, we have not had that in really ever, and it doesn't look promising on the young QB front for the Jets. So, uh, yeah, we're both calling it, I think, you know, three to five wins is realistic. Um, and like Evan said, it could be less, and – well, time will tell if they're able to really beat anybody. So moving on to, you know, across the locker rooms to the Giants. So a lot more optimism on that side of the ball, though. Odell Beckham with an ankle injury. They say he's prepping to play on opening day, but they're, they're not sure. So, Evan, what, what are your thoughts on the Beckham injury and how could this hinder the Giants offense or even their hopes of going deep into the playoffs? Um, honestly, I think if Odell Beckham is 100%, they don't have to worry about it. But if this is a nagging thing where he comes back at 75% week one and keeps aggravating it every single week in practice and by playing on it on Sunday, it's going to be an issue for the Giants. The Giants caught a break with the Zeke Elliott suspension. All right, the Cowboys are going to struggle. You have a young quarterback with, and you're losing a top five running back. That's going to hurt. So the Giants need to take advantage of that. So if, if I was in charge of the Giants, if, OD, if Odell's came to me, he's like, listen, I'm, I'm 80% week one. Be like, you're sitting. Mm-hmm. You'll play week two. Yeah. He needs to come back 100% because let's say they lose the first two games mm-hmm. because he's not on the field. But he comes back week three 100% healthy. Yeah, 14 he could be games a left. Team. Sure. They have enough skill on offense. Listen, the offensive line is very shaky. They have decent running backs, but they, obviously they have nowhere to run. They have an excellent defense. And if they go after Joe Hayden, who was released today by the Cleveland Browns, that can make them even better on defense. Oh, yeah. So I think you ha- he has to come back 100%. You have to hold him out if he's not 100%. Because what's going to happen is someone's going to go after that ankle. Mm-hmm. He comes back. He's reported as probable the day before. Comes out and plays with his ankle taped up. Someone's going to take a shot at him. Oh, yeah. He's made a lot of enemies. People do not like his style. They don't like the way he parades around. He's, you know, he's... A- immature little shit he's very talented he's an immature little shit and people don't like that right yeah I I agree he's a very 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 integral part of their offense because like you said 
They have no line. Eli doesn't have a lot of protection. He's not exactly the most mobile quarterback. In fact, he's probably the least mobile quarterback in the NFL. And their line is garbage. Eric Flowers, they keep trying him out at different positions. He sucks. Just, just face it, he's a bust. I mean, some people say, oh, you know, maybe he'll come around this. No. If he hasn't shown any signs of life so far, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, because they keep trying to play him at left tackle. He can't play left tackle. Yeah, it's not his position. And they keep yeah, moving like him you around. You can't go up on a top 10 pick at left tackle. Yes, you can. When he can't play left tackle, you have to put him somewhere else. Yeah, and look, this is a business, too. I know a lot of people are you know, attached to these guys who make a lot of money, who are drafted high. But if you don't prove yourself within a few years, if you don't at least take some steps forward, then either there's something wrong with the coaching step. And yeah, I agree with you. that He should not be where they're putting him at left tackle. But they're, they're not giving him the opportunity to shine at his strength. And he's not doing, or maybe he just doesn't have it in him to do what needs to be done to excel at that position. Yeah, so, sucks. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, I think that the injury could have some ramifications, but we'll see. If he's okay to go and he's better than 80%, if he's close to 100%, they can make some noise for sure. But we, we, we got to make sure that Eli has time to throw. But So based on that, Evan, where do you think the Giants end up record-wise? And, and how far, if at all, do you think they're going to get into the playoffs? I think they're definitely a playoff team if they stay healthy. Um, a lot of it depends on Odell. If Odell comes back week 100%, I think they are the, probably the favorites to win this division. Mm-hmm. If he has to sit out a few weeks, I think they could still do it. But people always forget about Washington. And they have a guy over there named Kirk Cousins. He's a pretty damn good quarterback. Yeah, I want the Jets to get him in the offseason. Yeah, they, they won't. And even if they did, they wouldn't be able to do anything with him because, you know. The Jets. There's nothing. There's, we have no receivers and no offensive line. But that actually could be the best option for the Jets would be to go after um, Kirk Cousins. Give him a multi-year deal. Because he's already a developed quarterback. And that might be the Jets' only option ever. But in terms of the Giants, if they stay healthy, if the Zeke um, suspension is upheld, I think I'm looking at probably 11, maybe 12 wins if they really click on offense. Because this defense that they have is sick. They're stacked on the defensive line. you got Snacks Harrison, JPP. Olivier Vernon, you know, they've well, Eli Apple is hurt right now, but he's looking to come back. Mm-hmm. Jerome Jenkins played well last year, especially if they go get Joe Hayden. If they get good Joe Hayden, I'm calling 12 wins right away. Oh, it's yeah. It's going to be 12 wins. That's a shutdown defense. Yeah. And then, you know, the playoffs are a crapshoot, but you never know. It depends how they go in. If they go in limping into the playoffs, they'll probably get knocked out in the first round. Just like last year. 100% healthy. That defense is playing the way that it's been playing. They can make a run. I can see it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that they're going to make the playoffs. And like you said, it's going to be contingent on uh, Beckham's injury and how this line holds up and if they can score because defense can win you a lot of games. So it's not going to win you every game. You need to put up points at times. Defense is going to have a bad day or two. So offense needs to be able to pick that up. And that's going to be contingent primarily, I think, on the offensive line. Can they give Manning protection? Can they create holes for the running backs? Yeah, they I know. They can't do any of that. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you never know. Maybe, maybe they'll surprise us. So uh, anyway, entering into baseball, we're just going to cover baseball today. Tomorrow we'll get into some hockey uh, and some basketball. And then if there's any news in the, the other two major sports that are going on right now, we'll obviously touch on that as well. So 
entering into baseball, let's talk about the Mets. So obviously this is a lost season. They're screwed. They've called up Ahmed Rosario. They've called up Dom Smith. Smith had a two-run single last night. He's starting to show some flashes offensively, but he struggled so far. As fat as the Dickens. Ahmed Rosario looks like he's going to be pretty good. He's a little raw, but that's what you expect out of a young you know, guy in his early 20s coming up for the first time. But he has gold glove caliber talent, and he's, got, he's already showing that he's got pop and he's got a good bat. The issue, though, Evan, and this happened last year, too. They've gotten to the playoffs with the skin of their teeth thanks for some acquisitions and James Loney and Kelly Johnson, guys who did not even get on a major league roster this year, was that they have had so many debilitating injuries to prime players. Cespedes last year, Cespedes even more so this year. Sindergaard tearing a lat one month into the season. Harvey breaking his shoulder. Matt's being shut down with an ulnar nerve issue that DeGrom suffered last year. He had to have season-ending surgery. They expect him to be back um, by spring training, but he's never been able to stay healthy. It's been one thing after the other for him. Travis Darno, this is probably the healthiest year he's ever had, though he hasn't played all that well. And, you know, the list goes on and on. So what do you think is going on here? Because this isn't just the last couple of years. It's been exacerbated, sure. But every year it seems at least a few key players go down due to significant injuries that take them out for most of the season. I mean, it really, it comes down to the training staff and you can see it because they've clearly had the same training staff for years because they're garbage. <laughs> Listen, there are hundreds of thousands of medical professionals in this country. You're telling me the Mets can't string together five to 10 of them mm-hmm. that are competent. Other teams don't have this issue. Not to this extent, no. All their top players are hurt. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. It only happens to the Mets. The Yankees don't have this problem. They'll have a few guys go down, one it or happens. two. It's a long season. And then season. they come back. Yeah. The Mets, it happens every single year. And honestly, it just comes down to they're probably trying to cut corners in terms of money. They're like, oh, this guy will only cost me, I don't know what medic they make, 100K a year, whatever. And the Wilpons, who have no money because, you know, they got caught with dirty Bernie Madoff. Mm. And, you know, it's they're cutting corners just like they cut corners on everything else. Mm-hmm. And it affects the product on the field because when you have guys who are constantly hurt, you can't put a good product out there. We have five. We had five pictures, five starters who would be top three starters on any team in baseball. How many played the whole season this year? DeGrom. DeGrom. Da-da. One. One. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. It's yeah, and he missed absurd. time last year. He missed, a, he missed a good amount of time last year to Grom himself. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I believe that it's entirely what it is. You see video from the offseason, you know, Syndergaard putting on 20 pounds of muscle when he's already throwing 100 miles an hour on average with this fastball. Why? What's the point of that? Why, no why is anyone recommending he do that? I know it's his body, it's his decision, but these guys – are directly reported to by the trainers. And these trainers are supposed to give them the best possible program to stay healthy, to succeed, and to perform at the highest level. If I'm a trainer, and by the way, that's part of what I do for a living, I would never tell a guy like Noah Syndergaard to put on more muscle because you throw 100, you're lean, you're throwing free and easy at 100. It's not like you're exerting every ounce of strength you have to do it. What's the point? Same with Cespedes. You're a 30 to 40 home run hitter already. 
why do you need to put on more muscle? Why are you squatting 600 pounds? And he's 31 a, years old. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why are you doing that at 31 when you're already a 30 home run hitter? Um, why are you squatting 600 pounds in the offseason for a special for ESPN? Maybe to show off to the reporter, maybe? I don't know. But why? Why do you need to show off? It doesn't make any it sense. Do, it, it doesn't. And, it's an organizational and, issue. It's like with the Jets. It's organizational. And yeah. these are the teams that we've chosen to follow. The most dysfunctional organizations in sports. I mean, yeah, I, the Mets, I was kind of born into as a familial thing, but the Jets, I, I chose on my own and I've regretted that decision almost immediately. But yeah, I, it, it doesn't make any sense. Sandy Alderson did say, though, that they're going to be reevaluating his words, the medical staff and the training staff and, and their options in the offseason. It's but, about time. But Alderson's contract is up in the offseason too. Now he said recently that he plans to be here next year, but he's 70 something years old. He's 71 or something. He's just slightly older than Terry Collins. How much longer is he going to do this? And even though he says he's planning for next year, let's say Alderson doesn't resign with the Mets. What, what happens if another GM comes in and the ownership is like, look, we don't have a lot of extra money. We'd like to put the money into the players, not into the training staff. So maybe keep these guys again. Because these guys have outlasted like five different managers and three GMs. It doesn't make any sense. So I'm hoping that Alderson stays on board or whatever happens in that capacity, they at least make some changes so it's more competent. Jesus Christ with that. Now then, moving on to the Yankees. So Yankees have had some struggles since the All-Star break. They've been hot. They've been cold. Aaron Judge has struggled immensely. He's in the process of getting a couple of days off. Uh, Joe Girardi's working in Greg Bird and Starlin Castro, who have come back from injury. Castro having a phenomenal year. Bird was not doing well before he got hurt earlier in the year, and it took a lot longer than expected for him to come back. But Araldis Chapman has struggled in the closer role, so much so to the point that he's now no longer the one closer they have. They have kind of like a closer by committee situation going on. So what are your thoughts on the Yankees, because they're only three and a half back in the division. At least that was as of yesterday. Let me update this. Four and a half back after yesterday's loss, excuse me. So what do you think their chances are of catching the Red Sox? I mean, we still do have a little over a month left. I mean, it's it's not good, but it's not impossible. If you can get Aaron Judge to pick it up, and if you can get Rolls Chapman to start pitching the way he needs to pitch, you're going to win those close one-run games, which they were losing. And if you win those one-run games, you can make up ground on Boston. Yeah. Um, am I going to say definite? No. They definitely. I think they're definitely a playoff team unless they implode. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that they're definitely going to catch Boston. It's definitely possible. But you need Aaron Judge to pick it up. Aaron Judge was a big reason why this team was so successful in the first half. And obviously, he's not going to hit the way he's hitting then because yeah. of his record-breaking it's pace. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to do that. But he needs to be functional. He can't be striking out every single time he's up. It's late in the game. We're down one run. You mm-hmm. can't have that. That's not. That's yeah, how you, that was a rod at the end of his career, essentially. Yeah. So you know, if I think if, if Judge picks it up, and definitely if Chapman, I think if you at least have Judge pick it up, I think then they, they can they have a good chance. But if you have Judge and Chapman, I think that gives them a better shot at not only catching Red Sox but trying to make a run in the playoffs. Because honestly, even if they're a wild card team, listen, you have the one game wild card game, but. If you get if the judge gets hot, he can carry this team deep into the playoffs like Daniel Murphy did for the Mets. Mm-hmm. So, listen, Yankees fans don't get too crazy on either end. 
you got to see what happens over the course of the next month before you talk about where they're going in the playoffs. Right. But I think they're definitely a playoff team, but they need judge to get hot. Yes. Not that he's not going to get as hot as he was, but they need him to get at least a little hot. He's got to be able to pick it up. This striking out all the time is not working. No, it's not. And yeah, I, I, I think that, yeah, if they're able to write the ship, I think with judge, it was one of those things where he made an adjustment to the league in what terms of what they were doing to him last year, but they then readjust to him. Baseball is all about adjustments. Pitchers, they'll, they'll find a hole in your swing. And when they do, they're going to attack it. So he's got to make the adjustment. I think he's athletic enough to do it. I mean, he made the adjustment. He looked at tape and he worked hard in the offseason, made a tweak to his swing, and he had that phenomenal first half. So I think, yeah, he, he can write the ship, you know, but hopefully he can write it in time. The offseason is a long time. It's like four months. So he had a few months to really figure things out before spring training. Uh, in terms of Chapman, his arm's probably shot. There's a reason the Cubs didn't want him back. And while he's they still throwing – Right. And while he's still throwing 100, apparently the movement on his pitches and his location on his pitches is not good. And that's crucially important because major league hitters can hit 100 miles an hour. It's not all that difficult for a lot of them. But what gets them is the movement. So a guy like Syndergaard, who has a sinking fastball of 100 miles an hour, a cutting fastball at 100 miles an hour, that's a lot harder to hit than something that's just straight in at 100 because then yeah. they'll just square it up. Yeah, that's what made Mariano so effective. That he was able to have different movement on that cutter, and he was able to place it exactly where he wanted to put it. If you're throwing 103 and it's going right down the middle, that ball's going out at 130 miles an hour in the other direction. At least, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's going to be crucially important. But I think, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're catching Boston, but I do think they will be a wild-card team. The, the biggest thing is going to be their starting pitching. Their bullpen is phenomenal. Jesus Christ. Their bullpen is phenomenal, but they're starting pitching. I mean, I know they only need to go five or six innings, and in a playoff series, you have, like, extra days of rest that you normally wouldn't during the regular season. So certain guys who may be in certain situations, once they've played four or five days in a row, may not see much, if any, action in the playoffs. But they need to be able to do that. And while Tanaka seems to have turned it around, Sonny Gray has pitched pretty well as a Yankee, though it hasn't resulted in the win column but Severino's having a good year sees Sabathia showing off that Manorexia is not his thing was able to do it I think they have a chance to maybe get to the ALCS but I just I don't think they have the pitching to get there the only way they get to the World Series and maybe even have a shot at that is if Judge gets hot because the rest of this Yankee lineup is ha they're ha all having great years offensively but a lot of them have been very steady Judge is, the, judge is going to be the key offensively to get there, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. So, all right. So we're going to get into – do you want to do sponsorship first or scumbag and sports first? Yes, you can do your sponsorship first. All right. So the first thing we're going to sponsor is Weight Loss by Pete, my company. So if you're looking to lose weight, you're tired of calorie counting, yo-yoing with your weight, not being able to keep it off, and you want to finally get it off in a healthy, sustainable, and permanent way, you can check me out at my website, weightlossbypete.com. The homepage has a free download. It's the five strategies I personally use to lose 100 pounds. Download that. has a lot of great information in there that you could implement today that will help get you on the path to the best shape of your life. You can also set up a strategy call with me in the upper right-hand corner by selecting a date and time that works for you and doing that. No, it's – Yes. 
And don't forget to check out my article on Hub Pages. The link can be found through our Facebook page. It is my take on what is wrong with the New York Jets. If you are a Jets fan, it is extremely depressing. But since you're a Jets fan, you're going to want to read it anyway because you're already a self-deprecating piece of trash like me. Yes. yes. All right, scumbag in sports, Peter. Who do we have this week? Yeah, we got Colin Kaepernick. And last time we were doing this show regularly, it was the same thing. But unfortunately, it still needs to be said, he still doesn't have a job with an NFL team. NWACP held a rally outside NFL headquarters in Manhattan last week to try to get him there. Apparently, there were even some NYPD cops, which I didn't understand why the hell they're helping his ass, kneeling during the fucking anthem. But yeah, I'm not a fan of his at all. And I think LaShawn McCoy, Evan, summed it up best. My light fell. You see, he um, summed it Fuck it. No. He, he summed it up best when he said that, look, there's two reasons that owners don't want him. And ESPN is going to town on the one reason. The first reason is that he's a distraction and he's a divisive character. His views, while supported by some, like Marshawn Lynch, that's an asshole for a whole other time, um, they'll be on his side. But the other half, who respect the police and who see that some of the people that this other side is supporting are not necessarily the best people, they're going to be against it. So you're splitting a locker room down the middle. You're splitting an organization down the middle because a lot of people, coaches, front office, a lot of people work with these players. And on top of that, you're going to divide up a fan base. It's not worth the distraction. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. He's not even really a serviceable quarterback. The offense needs to be designed around him, as LaShawn McCoy pointed out in the video interview that he did. So I honestly don't see what the big deal is. The dude has made tens of millions of dollars already in his career. Oh, you know he blew all that shit. <laughs> Probably. I mean, he is doing a nice thing by donating 100000 a month or so. Some are saying it's just a tax write-off. Who knows his real motivation? Tax write-off. He's a scumbag. <laughs> who knows his real motivation? He did this whole thing because his girlfriend encouraged him too. She's the one who gave him the idea to kneel for the anthem. Listen, this guy doesn't even vote. He doesn't really give a crap. This yeah. is all for publicity, trying to make a name for himself. He's an asshole. He should just go away. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, with Paxton Lynch going down for the Broncos, he's been linked there, but nothing official yet. And we're hoping that it stays that way. So with that said, we're going to try to do this again, like I said at the beginning, every single day for you. We're going to try to figure out how to do it live. But unfortunately, like I said yesterday, we tried, we failed. And I don't believe that a software exists yet that will enable us to do that, at least not one that I've been able to find or afford. So for that, I am Pete Weintraub. I'm Evan Freeman. Don't forget to check us out on social media, Instagram, Big Apple Sports Podcast, and on Facebook at <laughs> facebook.com slash Big Apple Sports Podcast. Also YouTube, right? Yeah, YouTube. I believe it's youtube.com. Just search Big Apple Sports Podcast. Yeah. It'll come up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we actually have the domain set up. And lastly, we'll have a website up coming soon both with podcast episodes as well as blog posts that we've either written elsewhere or just for the site. So for that, I'm Pete Weintraub. I'm Evan Freeman. See Talk you to more. you guys tomorrow.